We'll read from the book of Acts tonight, chapter 16. Acts 16 and starting at verse 13. It's kind of in the middle of it, of this narrative. As Paul had arrived at Philippi just before they were arrested and thrown into the Philippian jail. But, but at verse 13, and on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. We don't know a lot about Lydia. Seems that perhaps she was a business owner, a seller of purple, of expensive fabric, um, typically that the wealthy would wear or royalty. Desirable, but products that most people could not afford. This was her business, and apparently she was known of this as a seller of purple. We don't know a lot about her. We just know that she made an effort to come out and and hear what Paul had to say. We're familiar with things that take an effort, and we're familiar with results that are directly related to the effort that we put into something. If we were going to try to get into shape or lose weight, who's going to do that for us? It's probably going to be directly related to the effort we put into it. We're going to have to adopt a, a routine and set our minds. I know I have to do that. I have to flip the old mental switch in order to set my mind to lay some of those things aside that I enjoy eating. It's a decision I have to make, and I recognize that, and I have to stay with it. If I want the results, I have to to follow that through. It would be silly for me to sit back and wait for somebody to do that for me. It would be silly for me to wait back and hope that it would happen. We recognize that. There would be effort involved. And if I want a certain result, I'm going to have to follow a certain routine. I'm going to have to put forth certain effort. That follows. If you were going to, if you had uh, people coming over, company coming over, and you had a recipe that you really wanted to turn out right and you were worried about it, you would make sure and double sure and triple sure that you had all the ingredients, that the measurements were correct, that the oven was set at the right time and the right temperature. All of those things, we wouldn't sit back and expect that to happen by itself. We wouldn't wait and maybe uh, somebody would come along and make that for us. How silly would that be? We recognize that we would have to apply the attention. We would have to put in the focus. We would have to set our mind to it. We would have to think it through. We would have to follow through on the details. Nobody's going to do that for us. We would have to do that. We recognize that. If you were to wanted to land a job as a musician, say, uh, in an orchestra, that's going to take a lot of effort. And I, I know some stories of individuals who were perhaps the most talented but did not win the audition because they didn't work as hard as the one uh, that didn't have as much talent, but they put in the time. They put in the effort. And they 
I, I know of one man who did not win an audition. Um, after, after his audition, he went up in the balcony and listened to some of these other, others play, and he didn't end up winning the audition. And he, uh, in his mind, I heard his interview, and he said, you know, they're really not that much better than me. So he started to apply himself. He knew what he had to do. He knew what the benchmark was. Nobody was going to do that for him. He had to set his practice schedule. He knew the bar that he had to reach. He knew the level that was required. And so he did what he had to do to get there. And he got there. He ended up being uh, the, the, the trumpet instructor at Juilliard for several years. But it, we understand that, right? It, 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 we have to put in the effort. We have to uh, put in the time. We have to to reach out and do what we need to do. Well, the same is true spiritually. We don't want to sit back spiritually. We can settle without realizing it sometimes, but the the spiritual results in our lives are going to be directly related to the effort that we put in. It's going to be directly related to the time, the, the amount uh, that we pray, the Word of God that we study. If we really want to draw closer to God, we will uh, have to make the effort. We'll put put forth the focus in order to do that. We will pray the prayers that we need to pray. We might pray at different times. Uh, we might pray more than we did. When we really get hungry for God, we'll start doing that. I remember when I, uh, after I really got squared away with the Lord and I was 18 and in, in Eureka, life, uh, a new light went on for me and I started seeing some of the beauties of the gospel that I had never seen before. And I was thinking about it more than I'd ever thought about it before. And I had some good prayer meetings in my car on, on my way to, to classes at, at Humble State. And I had some good prayer meetings in the parking lot at Humble State. And I remember coming home from classes and, and praying by my bedside. Why? Because I was hungry. I was hungry and it was driving me. And I knew that if I was going to get a prayer answered, I should probably pray. Well, God honored that effort and God always does honor that effort. We read in, in Matthew 13, a couple of parables, uh, 13.44, Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Well, he might have stumbled on this by accident. He might have found it uh, by searching for it. We don't really know, but one thing he knew, when he found it, he knew the value of it. And he didn't want to let anybody else know because this was something he had to have. This property, he knew that what was in that property was a far greater value than the price it was going to cost to get it. And it was worth more than everything he had. And so he was willing to sell everything he had in order to buy this field. I read of a man in New York who was searching for old coins. And he started to do some research he was a metal detector enthusiast, and he got out the old maps. He went to the historical society, and he, he got old maps of New York with new maps and started overlaying them, and he discovered where old walkways were. He discovered where old buildings were, and there was a greenway in between properties that was owned by nobody, just a greenway. And he went down there and he found coins dating back into the 1700s. And what he ended up uh, finding was worth close to six figures. Coins that had been laying there for who knows how long, I suppose, 200 years that people had walked by, had no idea they were there. Walked by them, never thought about them, never knew they were there. But this man put in the effort and realized that there was treasure here that people didn't know was there. 
and he found it. Well, what's the lesson here? We don't know how this man uh, found this treasure. The Lord isn't telling us to, to go buy a metal detector and search for treasure in a field, but He's telling us that the Gospel is worth more than everything in this life that we could ever gather combined. Anything that we could accumulate in this life. Anything that we could put our name to. Anything, any tre- uh, treasures, any uh, trophies, any accomplishments. All of it, if we were to combine the value of that, does not compare to the value of the Gospel. And he goes on to talk about, um, he says, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Well, here's a man who's thinking about pearls. Here's a man who knows pearls. Here's a man who's looking for that pearl. And he finds one that has more value than he uh, had ever dreamed of. And again, he sells everything to buy it. The message is for the gospel. The message is that the gospel is worth the effort. The Lord uses, why did the Lord use money here? Why is he using that as an object lesson? Why does he use treasure as an object lesson? Why does he use pearls as an object lesson? Because it's so close to so many people's hearts. It captures attention. People can relate to the value of it. But he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, that it's worth the effort. I read of a man one time that uh, in recent years had won the lottery. And this was a successful man that had a, a construction business. He was making seven figures. He had a family, two teenage children, and he won the lottery. And in his own words, within two years, he said he wished he would have never bought that ticket. His family was so excited when he won it, he ended up in divorce. His kid's life ended in disaster, and there's more. I won't, don't need to share all that here, but it's a sad story. And he wished he would have never bought that ticket. And his wife, after the divorce, said, I wish he would never have bought that ticket. It ruined all of us. Strange. The deceitfulness of riches. How it can draw. How it can control us. But the riches of Christ are not deceitful. The Lord doesn't promise something that He will not do. He puts a desire in our heart and He he sparks our interest to draw us to Him. And when we follow through on that, we find uh, the riches of Christ and the treasures of the kingdom of heaven. This woman, Lydia, we know that she made an effort. It said that it tells us that she follows that she followed the Lord. No doubt she was following Judaism. She was following the, the law of Moses the best that she could. And now she was interested though. And she she took the time and made the effort to come out and hear what Paul had to say. But I, I really like the faithfulness of God that's brought out here. This, this woman had no idea what she needed to know. She had no idea what she didn't know. She had no idea that her heart needed to be open. She didn't know any of those things, but there was an interest in her heart and she followed through on that interest. And she got there. If you were to tell her to ask questions when you see Paul, she probably wouldn't have known what questions to ask. But there was something in her heart that was interested. And she went and and heard what Paul had to say and the Lord opened her heart. The Lord opened her heart to be able to uh, understand what Paul was saying. To be able to receive what Paul was saying. Here's the faithfulness of God. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know what we need to learn. We, We don't understand ourselves all the time. But if we would just follow through on what God has put in our heart, just make a little bit of an effort, God will open our heart. 
God will open your heart to receive the Word. To understand the Word. To be able to receive what He's promised us. He's too good to us to put a, a, an interest in our heart to deceive us. He puts that in our heart, that, that spark, that little bit of a hunger, that little bit of an interest. If we will follow through on that, God will honor that. God will open our heart. God will lead us to the next step. And we'll begin to find the treasures of the Gospel that we never knew existed. They're better than advertised. That's why Jesus mentioned the Queen of Sheba. When He talked about how she, she wanted to uh, discover the wisdom and the wealth of Solomon and all she could say was, the half was not told me. And Jesus said, a greater than Solomon is here. And no doubt those who had told her, tried to tell her, they tried to help her understand, but, but you can't explain it. But, but here's the, the beauty of the Gospel. It's just hidden below the surface. But those that will just make a little bit of an effort, the reality is there. The faithfulness of God. What a, what a wonderful comfort this Gospel is. And what a wonderful comfort it is to know that our God is so faithful. But we will just make an effort. I remember that in my own experience. Just as I mentioned before, as I was seeking the Lord and trying to draw closer to Him and trying to figure out how to seek the Lord. Trying to figure out how to pray. And, and the Lord was leading me and, and teaching me. I remember one night in particular, I was so hungry for my, my baptism. And I was praying by my bed and I, I didn't hardly know what else to give the Lord. But the Lord came down in that room. And I grew tired and I went to bed. I was there in the dark and laying there in my bed, but the Lord was still there. The Lord was still working. He was still stirring. He was still drawing me. And I didn't understand how to follow. I didn't understand how to receive. But God in His faithfulness opened my heart and taught me. He taught me how to believe. He taught me how to receive. That's the wonderful faithfulness of God. If we just make a little bit of an effort, God will follow through. God will teach us what we need to know. God will take us by the hand and lead us over to the victory side. Just like this woman, Lydia, she followed that interest in her heart. She didn't know what she needed to know, but God took it from there. She showed up and God took her. He knew her heart. He knows our heart. He knows what we need. He knows where we're at. He knows what we need to learn and, and everything that might stand on our way. God can help us with that. We just make a little bit of an effort. God will take it from there. God will give us victory even tonight. Let's stand and sing 347.